0: Hey, that's uh, that's pretty bad. 112-108, they've lost the New York Knicks. Now at 16-23, this team, the start of the season has gone from trying to survive with injuries, to trying to survive the bench, to trying to survive inconsistent performances from all over the roster, and now trying to survive being seven games below 500. It's been bad. Uh, if they want to turn this thing around, it has to begin immediately. And the fact that it hasn't been turned around to this point is something that the players are wearing, the coaching staff is wearing, and something that, quite frankly, the fan base is wearing as well. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and it is, of course, brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And hey, you go with Goldfinger Law, and you know why? Because when you go with them, you only pay if you win. And that's great, because typically when you win, you probably have a surplus of something assets, money, whatever, or or you're not losing anything at least. And especially if you lose then, then you don't pay. And you can contact them at 416-730-1777. That's Goldfinger Law. Okay. The Raptors, unlike Goldfinger Law, they're paying when they're losing because they have guys playing 40 minutes a night. They have guys giving it their all in these losses game after game. And they also have guys who... If this team has a worse record, they're going to lose money in the offseason. They have guys who, even from the, I guess, the organization's point of view, these guys are losing value because of the context of the team, positioning them as worse players, I suppose. Not a lot of stuff is going well. Scotty, with seven points, six boards, five assists, didn't find that finish that he had found a couple times. He did have six points in the fourth quarter. It wasn't hyper-efficient or anything. Pascal, I thought the compete level on defense was really good on the glass as well. Coming home with 13 rebounds when Randall and Mitchell Robinson, for example, and uh, Sims are trying to like really punish the glass. Impressive, but the 18 points in this game, five assists, I think he struggled immensely to create for himself. The five assists came in the first half, and the, he saw quite a bit of attention, especially you know the first few possessions of the game. But... As far as this game got, went along, there was a lot of him just really trying to get around the fact that he he didn't seem comfortable with the jumper. He didn't seem like he had a counter to go to. And if the Knicks are going to play him straight up, kind of step in not 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 the most aggressive help defense, but step in so that he's squeezed on some of these driving lanes. You play him for the drive, then he's going to feel um, he's going to feel squeezed and squished. And when you feel that, you have to be able to find air, room to breathe. And a lot of guys do that with like an extremely quick first step where they burst past guys. A lot of guys do that with a jump shot. And Pascal not being able to find that jump shot in this game really hurts. Good news, though. Fred with 28, 8 and 7. Gary with 27 and 2. You know, 8 of 16 for Gary, 9 of 21 for Fred, 3 of 9 for 3 from Fred, 4 of 8 from downtown for Gary. Very nice to see. And the Raptors in this game, for the second or third game in a row, very reliant on Fred VanVleet. And yes, another game where the bench has hardly any impact on what the Raptors are trying to do. Yes, Chris Boucher grabs like a quick nine points in 15 minutes. I believe he had nine after the first half. But his defense was really troubling, and there was a lot of missteps made offensively as far as decision-making went, um, whether that was with the ball or without it. And as the Raptors' context, as their structure kind of um crumbles. I think that guys like Thad, guys like Boucher, who won a lot of minutes last year in the early parts of this year, they're struggling trying to kind of implement themselves as positive players because the the team is not in the same place. Some of the things that were working last year are just not working. And that is, you know, maybe maybe teams are a little bit more well prepared for it this year. Maybe, you know, the guys involved have lost a step, you know, altogether. Maybe it's something like that. Precious Achua plays less than five minutes in this one. So people listen to this podcast regularly know that I'm very high on Precious Achua's defense. I think the offense has the potential to come along. I think that Achua has shown um, some significant defensive flashes since coming back. The offense has been uh, a nightmare, honestly. It's it's very unorganized. When the ball touches his hands, you can't expect anything to go to script, and it's very hard for the team to work around that. Knowing that they want there are certain beats they want to hit, there are certain things they want to run, and when he's involved, it, it can go awry for for a number of different reasons. That said, less than five minutes is pretty rough, especially since the Raptors are losing these games. The Raptors are playing their guys. Gary plays forty two minutes. Fred nearly 41, Pascal 40, Scotty 35, OG 40. You're playing these guys an inordinate amount of minutes to lose. At least last season they were getting played these minutes to win. Like as if there was something at the end of the tunnel that maybe everybody got healthy for a playoff run, maybe something happens, you have a young star who when once he gets on the big stage, maybe he performs, you know, all this kind of stuff. But what's happened instead? is that the Raptors have had injuries. The Raptors have had diminishing returns. All that kind of stuff has happened. And Fred, you know, 28, and se- twenty-eight, 8, and 7. It's really nice. Gary, 27 points. But these are good numbers. They certainly kept them in it. But they don't win these games. And they are playing a lot of minutes, dude. I think I talked about this, well, with Nick before the game. After the game, kind of talking about where he expects to get production from. And he's been discussing the bench openly as if the bench is what needs to improve. The bench is what needs to help score. The bench needs to give these guys a rest. The bench needs to be able to do X and Y. And I don't know if that's messaging for him to say like, hey, front office, we need some help over here. This bench isn't good enough for me to even play. If I do go near it, it's in short spurts. It's not in anything. He tried a couple different alignments, you know, in the first half and the second half. It's tough to know if he's just saying, like, I want more from the current bench I have, or if he's saying, get me different pieces for a different bench. He wants to be able to work with different players to try and find success. Because right now it seems like he's just going to play the guys he trusts, and that list is like five players long. And even Scotty sometimes, you know, sometimes Scotty deserves maybe, I, I don't know if deserves is the right word, but sometimes Scotty isn't playing up to snuff maybe. And so he hits the bench. Sometimes Scotty is playing good and he hits the bench and will sit for a long time. So it's in a weird spot, but the crux of it is, and as it was against the Knicks, is that the Raptors are playing their starters more than other teams are playing theirs. Even against Tom Thibodeau, even against... The guy who precedes Nurse as far as having a legacy and a reputation for overplaying his players, grinding them down with minutes. They didn't have a single person cross the 40 minute mark. You know, I think that's saying something. And, you know, Deuce McBride, he goes north of 21, Hartenstein, north of 15. It's just, it's tough. Maybe they think they're playing catch up the whole game because Randall happens to hit five triples. In that first quarter which was pretty insane can't say i expected that to happen Uh, i don't think randall would have told you he expected that to happen either but that was the case his jump his jump shot this game was insane you know from 18 feet out to like 26 step backs triple threat jab step series like put it up hand in the face hand in front of the ball changing the the arc the trajectory anything that was thrown his way which was some good defense from og and some honestly, some defense that OG you'd expect him to play better at, in, in some facets of it, uh, they they couldn't stop Randall, and he also he he punished the glass too. As did Mitchell Robinson, eighteen boards for that guy, ten and eighteen, and like eight offensive ones. Just a lot of size up front, and the Raptors were very clearly losing that front court battle. And Siakam starts at center. That means OG and Scotty are trying to play up with him, and that means they have to try and contend with a guy like Mitchell Robinson and Randall, who, despite doing it mostly with his jump shot, did at times wreak havoc by getting into the middle, a little bit of playmaking from there. And then Jalen Brunson, as he often does, uses his muscle, his strength creation to beat up on other guards. And despite Fred having, I think, a really good stretch on him, didn't get the better of him the whole game. And Brunson with 26, 5, and 8 at the end of this, the, the Knicks, if I were them, I'd be happy with this performance because they didn't get everything they wanted to out of it, but they got rewarded for – they converted on uh, Julius Randle's hot shooting, and they found their way defensively to, uh, to a way that they could win. And that was the biggest problem in this game, I think, is, is not the defense on the Raptors' end. The defense was pretty damn good. Uh, the Knicks aren't like this incredible offense or anything, but they have enough going. They have guys who can run their offense. They have role players who know what they're supposed to do and operate within that successfully. They, they work their way towards wins. The team looks pretty good, I got to be honest, and the Raptors look pretty bad. Couldn't contain with the size. And, you know, in this game, too, Pascal Siakam, the last time they played the Knicks, December 23rd or 21st, I can't remember, 21st, I believe. He, he scored 52 points, completely annihilated them. Before the start of the game, Tom Thibodeau was asked about it, and he said, you know, Pascal Siakam isn't a player. You guard with one guy. He's a player you guard with a team. And that doesn't mean double teams all the time. That doesn't mean that um, it's like these insanely aggressive, overloading schemes necessarily like we see from the Raptors, for example. But it does mean that the Knicks are more help-oriented. Guys are taking a step in, whereas with other players, they wouldn't sometimes too. Sometimes guys are going to double and, you know, Pascal did get doubled a couple times, although it wasn't a big deal in this game. Guys are going to shade over, do all that kind of stuff. And as I said at the top, Pascal getting squeezed, not being able to go to that jump shot, not being able to give the Raptors that dependable creativity, that was a really big deal. And so most of what they were doing, right, is running Gary Trent Jr. off of flares. And he did a fantastic job shooting in motion, being able to turn some stuff downhill. I was really impressed with this performance from him. Like really, really impressed. And then Fred, dribble penetration. You know, there were a couple shots, jumpers that he made in this game. That's good. But once again, getting to the rim, went to the free throw line for nine attempts. He got downhill, beat digs, you know, wrapped it like the football, stepped through, finished at the bucket, finished through contact a couple of times. Just really impressive in that sense. But not everybody is working in unison. That's the biggest problem. And the Raptors, be it you know, a disappointing performance from Siakam or, or Barnes or OG, who still is not hitting threes, they can't win like this, basically. You even get, I think, a, a decent stretch out of Christian Coloco, which isn't always the case. And the Raptors, Boucher, Achua, Flynn, Col- whoever, right? It's not, they're not getting enough off their bench. That much we know. But for most people, you had come to expect a certain level of play from Pascal. You don't get that in this game either. And you don't get what you might have expected from Scotty Barnes. And the the game plan did switch up on Scotty. It was different now than it was against the Bucs, than it was against the Pacers. It wasn't as aggressive a sinking um, type of play against him. And so, you know, he's not being featured as much. Because he's not where the defense is focused, where they want to create this chasm of space, so it's not as much heading into these dribble handoff actions. It's not as much getting into all that kind of stuff. But the Raptors did find a nice little niche of going to him in the low post or the mid post and having a playmaker and running actions around him in the first half. That was nice, but as far as getting him involved offensively, that was the biggest aspect of the game, and it wasn't consistent throughout maybe that's on the coach maybe that's on the players for not recognizing it maybe it's on Scotty for not asking for it or not doing enough well enough in it throughout the whole game it's tough to say really but he did finish with 7 and you know it's 6 7 points 6 boards 5 assists you're never going to like stamp that as a fantastic game and and you just can't if this were Dyson Daniels on the New Orleans Pelicans, who is a really intriguing wing, who has like a bunch of interesting skills and who also struggles with this jump shot, like Scotty, albeit I think with lower upside, I think like seven, six, and five, you kind of, you, you know, you put your hat on at the end of the day and you say, I'm glad. That's a nice game. He contributed, he played his defense. But the same thing with Pascal getting 18, 13, and five. It's just not what you've come to expect. And therefore it's not good enough and the same thing with Scotty. Scotty can be better. Scotty will be better. Scotty will continue to grow into a very fascinating and I expect star or star-adjacent player. But this game, he he struggled to impact um, as the game, you know, kind of went on. He didn't have a consistent thing that he was able to go to. Neither did Pascal. And both those guys who the Raptors rely on for the, the creation from the wings weren't able to get the Raptors into the position where they could score a bunch and weren't able to provide the Raptors, you know, the creation to get over that bump. 112 to 108, I mean, the Raptors, you know, the, the fourth quarter, they end up losing at 31-30. But when we look at these guys, they were down, I think, 16 with, what, three minutes left. And they, they got within two. It was incredible. Once again, it seemed like they were going to do... Technically, they did the exact same thing against the Bucs in that they lost, but they also made a mad dash, got a bunch of stops, like full court press, created turnovers, and hit shots. You know, OG hit a three, Gary hits a three. This kind of stuff starts going down, and they get right back into it. And it's like, is this how basketball is played typically? And everybody's a, a resounding no. This isn't the, This isn't the normal quirks and rhythms of the game is just to make these incredible mad dashes at the end where suddenly all the shots go in suddenly you get all the stops and suddenly you know you're back in the game typically that's not how it goes you know there are runs in basketball but typically they're over a longer stretch of time there are some uh, i guess less high the possessions aren't as high yield as down the stretch you know maybe it's the third quarter and a little stretch of the game just gets away from you. Like maybe it's a run out and transition. It's a pull up three and that's already five. You know, you you like there's a throw in, there's a bucket. Like you can get to a, a decent sized run pretty quickly, but to close the gap from 16 to zero against the Bucks, right? To close the gap from 16 to two against the Knicks and right at the very end of the game, when teams are supposed to be able to kind of lock it down, it's an odd way to play basketball. The fake comeback thing is very much—it's a meme within the community, the fan base, right? Everybody's like, "Oh, here we go again." And why wouldn't you? And why wouldn't you ask for more during the other aspects of the game? But the Raptors—they're just not able to give it to you consistently, successfully, whatever you want to call it, and, and whatever you want to call it at the end, right? Like once they got close, immediately Jalen Brunson gets a—you know—an and one three-point play. To, to stretch the Knicks lead to five at that point. And then the Raptors once, okay, now they need shot making again after their mad dash, then it's just not there. None, none of it is there. Pascal can hit a three at the end. Gary can hit a three at the end. But once it's close and now it's kind of time to get down to business, then it evaporates again. And that's kind of the same thing that happened in overtime against the Bucs too. This team is succeeding in all the seemingly laissez-faire pockets of the of the game like like they find their success when other teams aren't as engaged that is a very bad thing that, that is just such a bad thing and, uh, and on the other end i'm sure these teams are saying we can't let them get back into it but these teams haven't paid the price yet and the raptors certainly haven't made teams do that it's just more minutes it's just more wear and tear it's just it's exciting like I was sitting up there in that press box with the rest of everybody saying like, wow, could they do it again? And and everybody thought they might be able to. It looked a little bit more sustainable this time around than it did against the Bucs with, with like a, you know, a six-point play or whatever with Gary. But man, this team just cannot execute consistently enough on either side of the floor. And once they do one thing, it seems like they start failing at another. That's tough. That's a very tough pill to swallow. It's a very tough team to watch right now. And it's tough to take anything meaningful away from these games. The Reggie Evans Award, I'm giving it to Pascal Siakam. Uh, I thought that the defense was good. I thought that battling on the glass was impressive. And despite, you know, not having a, a good game offensively. In fact, one of his worst, probably one of his five worst offensive performances this season. I still think he, he gave him hell on defense and on the glass. So, yeah. Top quick reaction comment is a doozy from Mike Money Sign. Quote, I think I'm about done with Nurse. He's a good coach, but I think he has a huge stubbornness flaw that might make him incapable of coaching this current iteration of the team successfully. I think a ton of this year's failures have to rest on Nurse's shoulders. Sure, the front office has left some gaping holes and a weak bench to work with, but if you look at this roster and think it's bottom five talent-wise, I don't know what to say because that's just clearly not true. Even Nurse and the front office don't think this should be a bottom team. Nurse wouldn't have three guys in the top four for minutes if he believed this team would be bottom five. The front office wouldn't be bringing in guys like Thad and Porter to take minutes from the young players if they thought this was a bottom five team. The defensive scheme is a disaster. again. So what? are we missing an anchor? JV is anchoring a pretty successful defense. Would we be better off with a big, slow-footed player? They also have Zion, Ingram, CJ, none known for their defense. A few of our players allow blowbys, which, in my opinion, is more a coaching problem. We get too tight. But still, the 76ers run a defense with Maxi and Harden. How are those pylons better at the point of attack than what the Raptors can use? The scheme just sucks. On offense, what do we do? Give Pascal or Fred the ball and get out of the way. The system sucks and players aren't getting looks. Almost the entire roster is shooting well below career average from three. That just doesn't happen without system issues. Too much ball watching and no one is in rhythm. On top of system issues, and I think there are other problems, like the minutes and player roles and attitude with throwing some players under the bus and defending others, I think it's time for a change and think the roster is a lot better than the record. So should be the coach, end quote. So there's a lot going on here. I do think that Nick Nurse last year coached the Raptors to their best possible record. I I think that's unequivocally true. I think that some of the things that the Raptors achieved last year are not being achieved this year because some teams in the NBA have adjusted to what the Raptors are doing. And not only that, some have started doing some of the things that they did last year and are doing it with perhaps more talented rosters, and paying attention to low-hanging fruit. And that means that it's not there to be eaten or plucked by the Raptors anymore. This means that the scheme, in my opinion, is not as viable as it was last season. The defense, I think, if Precious Achua is playing a lot of minutes, I think that this can be a top-half defense. That is different from prior to the season when many people said this should be at least top 10. Maybe we're swinging up at top 5. It does not seem like the Raptors can get there. And I if, if I have to give like a hard answer, which I don't, but I will, I don't think they do <sighs> to be an elite defense. I just don't think they turn it around. Is this Nick's fault? I think Nick was given a roster in the offseason that was meant to embolden the style they played last season. And not only were guys injured, not only are they having some, I guess, worse Performances on the offensive side of the floor that affect how often they get to play a set defense on the other side. But that isn't Nick's fault necessarily, as far as what kind of team was built for him, and that the diminishing returns all diminished at once. And then that turned into one big thing. However, could there be a change in the way that they play? Certainly, would that lead to more wins? very tough to say because they did play Coloco a lot of minutes early on this season that meant they were playing drop i know i watched every single pick and roll possession he guarded for a long stretch in time they were playing a lot of drop and that isn't the scheme they typically play especially last year so when we look at that there was some adaptability all of it lost though now on offense because the, the defense, I, I don't know how the Raptors are supposed to play, given the limitations of their roster. I think I don't blame nurse for the defense this season. I I just couldn't possibly. The Raptors are not succeeding at what they're supposed to succeed at, at what they showed they can succeed at, and that just can't be nurse's fault. That has to be the player's fault because or, or, or the front office's fault, right? Nurse says, hey, I'll coach this defense this way last year, it succeeds. They play a similar style of defense this year, it doesn't succeed. They play a different style of defense this year, it still doesn't succeed. And he doesn't have the roster to just go to strictly other styles of defense. That's the point of this this 6-9 thing. One of the biggest misnomers is Vision 6-9 is not a dynamic or adjustment-heavy defense offensively, though. I think that there isn't enough implemented. I think the hierarchy is fuzzy. I think that a lot is going on on offense. Guys don't carry the threat. Guys don't buy in on the weak side. There's hardly any activity. Are these things that should be schemed in? Yes. You you can scheme in weak side decisions that like, okay, if, if Pascal, or let's say it's, you know, a Fred pick and roll is a popular play this year, as it has been for some time, Fred gets downhill. If he's on his left hand, that means okay, it's probably the right side of the floor, which is the weak side. These guys, it should trigger decisions. 45 cut, exit screen, blade, whatever. It should trigger those types of reactions. But it doesn't, guys, or or even like a shake, right? But guys stand still. Guys don't often move in those situations. And We shake is the most common, let's say, but that's hardly anything. That's an intuitive thing that people do in pickup basketball. The Raptors have to be able to hit a higher level of production and execution than that, but they often don't. There's a lot of looking. There's a lot of standing around. Has Nick lost the room and guys just do whatever they want? It's hard to imagine it's that. And it's easier to imagine that there isn't a lot of design or ingenuity in this offense and guys are struggling because of it. And this also, you know, I I have to look into the numbers and I have to look into the film in this, but my hypothesis would have to be that the reason why Pascal and Fred are oscillating between good games is because the Raptors are only generating one good look, typically per half-court possession. Only the primary action works well because there's so few players moving. There's so, so little going on outside of that that their secondary possessions that second side stuff is not potent in fact it just moves the raptors towards the back end of the play where they take a lot of shots at the back end of the shot clock and those are typically bad possessions this is why whoever has the primary action be it pascal be it fred is going to end up having a much better game typically than the other that that is the way i i currently see it i have to dig into this but this seems to be the case. <sighs> Nurse should be able to affect that. Nurse, I, I asked him about that before the game. I said, how do you, because he's probably expecting guys to hit shots. He's expecting guys to operate successfully in the same roles that they did last year. So I said, how do you choose between over, like getting in there and designing sets and trying to, you know, engineer offense and letting the guys make their reads and do the motion thing. And he didn't really answer my question, truthfully. And at the end of the, with well, the answer he gave me, he said, I didn't answer your question, but that's what it made me think about. And it's tough. Uh, yeah, Mike money sign gave me a lot to think about, a lot to talk about. Thanks for writing in. Um, I appreciate you writing that much. And uh, currently has 17 likes. That's a lot for, a, I guess, a, a top action comment. So uh, other people are resonating with it as well. Do I think it means nurse needs to be fired? <sighs> I don't know. I don't I don't think that would fix the team. Perhaps it would improve the vibes for certain players. Certain players would feel more free. Certain players would feel like they they have a longer leash. Certain players feel like they would have more purpose in some of their offensive sets and weren't kind of killing themselves defensively. But I don't think firing nurse leads to more wins this season. Maybe it's the best decision going forward. But as far as if you're looking for wins, I don't think that's the case. But you're on the money with some of these critiques as far as, as, far as I understand them. And, uh, yeah, thanks for writing in. Listener, thank you for listening in. If you heard any scratching or whatever in the background, if you're on YouTube and you notice the different background, yes, Blake Murphy has a tremendous cat named Brody, and I'm looking after him currently, and uh, that's him playing around, doing his little thing. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, Yeah, YouTube, like the video, subscribe. Go to the website and subscribe. If you're listening on the podcast channel, just thanks for tuning in. And whether you got into this, in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.